Hello, hello, and what is up, teachers? Hope everyone's well. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the most dreaded things in teaching, and that is when you get told you've got a lesson observation coming up. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you a handful of tips to enable you to do your best and hopefully get the outcome you desire. Tip number one, guys, is your attitude. You've got to get your attitude focused and correct before the observation actually starts. Now, what I mean by that is this. You have to have an attitude of wanting to be successful in that observation. Observations, now they are developmental, but you're also being judged. You've got to view it almost in two halves. Firstly, that somebody is observing you so that you can improve, but they're also observing you because they're assessing you. So from that side, for the judgment side of it, you've got to treat it as if it's a test that needs passing. And the way to do that is by having an attitude of wanting to succeed. It's not necessarily about what you do, it's the attitude that you convey. One way of showing that attitude would be saying something to the effect of, you know what, I really want them to see me at my best. Will you check my lesson plan? Not necessarily to the observer, but to another line manager or somebody more senior in the, in the department. Because that way, they generally get the impression that you're somebody who wants to do really, really well because you know you're being judged. So even if you haven't spoken to the observer directly, be assured, guys, that people are going to talk about you. And it's your job to make sure you give them something good to say. Tip number two, plan your lesson in detail. Now, generally speaking, as a rule, the less experienced you are, the more detailed your lesson plan should be. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, you haven't earned your stripes yet. So if you're new to a school, they don't yet know how good you are. I mean, they, they will probably say that, you know, what they saw at interview, yeah, you're good, okay? But ultimately, you're still in, at the stage where you have to prove yourself. And proving yourself requires that you show a lot of conscientiousness. And writing a detailed lesson plan is a good display of that. Now, some people might say, well, actually, you know what? Writing a lesson plan is a waste of time and it doesn't really help me. Now, I'm of the opinion that a detailed lesson plan, just the writing of it, helps you organize your thoughts. And here's the thing, you've got to show the observer your thoughts. You've got to show them that you planned it, right? And the best way to do that is by writing down your thoughts. And personally, I do believe it's helpful for you as well. I don't think it's a, a bureaucratic task at that stage in your career. So you're showing them your thoughts and you're showing conscientious, conscientiousness excuse me, at the same time. The second reason why it's important to plan your lesson in detail is because if your lesson goes pear-shaped, the first thing they're going to question you on is your plan. Schools wholeheartedly believe that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So if your lesson goes wrong, they will, I mean, I don't want to say try and blame you, but you understand the point I'm making, I hope. So it's important that you've got something there to say, well, actually, you know what, this is what I wanted to do and it didn't work. Or this is what I was going to do, but I just forgot to do it because I was nervous. So if you have a detailed lesson plan, you'll have some recourse and you'll be able to, I guess, defend yourself if that happens. Now, just before we move on to the next point, I'm just going to give you an example of what I mean when I say a detailed lesson plan. So normally you might write something like, go through answers. Just give an exam questions, go through answers. So in an observed lesson, don't write down, go through answers. You've got to be more specific than that. So you might want to write something like, Use targeted questioning to elicit responses from higher prioritizing pupils. Bob, Bill, and Steve, for example. I've named the pupils as well. Again, because that shows the observer that you've really, really thought about it. Tip number three, do not put on a show. 
Now, what I mean by that is this. Don't start doing activities that you've never done before. If you've never done a card sort before or a pyramid nine or a whatever it might be, if you haven't done it before, don't wait for your observation to try it for the first time. Because what will happen is you'll end up being more nervous, okay? And the observers will spot that. And they're going to think, hang on, this is a bit of an act. This is, And even so... They ask the kids a lot of the time, is this indicative of the normal t of, of the teacher's normal practice? They don't necessarily ask it in those words, but they do ask um, in a roundabout way at least. So you don't want them saying, oh, actually, we've never done this before. Instead, exaggerate what you normally do. A deputy head once said to me, what sense once said to the school, excuse me, that when you've got guests, you clean up, you don't buy new furniture. So apply that same logic to your lesson observation. So in essence, you want to do the best. You want to show the best from what you normally do. And of course, there are times, there are observations that, that take place at school. For example, buddy observations, where you deliberately try something new and you ask somebody to feed back to you. Now, so far, this episode, I'm assuming that this is a formal observation. So I'm not talking about the buddy observations. There's a lot more leniency in those. Tip number four, make it obvious. And what I mean by that is this. There's going to be a lot of whole school initiatives and your mentor is likely going to give you a lot of feedback. Um, in the feedback sessions, they're going to say, okay, try this next time or I want you to do more of this. You've got to show that you're following those in initiatives and that you're acting on the advice of your mentor. Unfortunately, sometimes what can happen is you do act on the advice and you, you do take on any initiative, any whole school initiative, but sometimes it doesn't get noticed. So what you've got to do is treat your lesson observation the way you would have treated your driving test. So for example, the driving instructor probably would have told you that on the test, when you check your rear view mirror, make sure you kind of move your head slightly. Whereas normally you can just check it without moving your head, but on the on the test, make sure you do actually look up, physically look up, so that the instructor knows you're doing it. So you've got to apply that same logic to your lesson observation. So normally, for example, you might not say, okay, guys, let's do the literacy task. You know, you might just give them the literacy task. You might not, you might say, oh, excuse me, you might not say, let's do some self-assessment. You just kind of hand out the green pens and put the, put the answers on the board. In an observation, though, Make sure you just spell it out that little bit more so that it's clear. And by the way, I'm not saying you have to shout literacy task and self-assessment. Nothing like that. That's not what I'm saying. But I do hope you take my point. Just make it that little bit more obvious when you're being observed. And finally, a common reason why observations don't go so well is because the teacher can't prove to the observer fully that learning has taken place. The teacher may know it themselves, but they would struggle to prove it to an observer. So when you're, planning an, when you're planning your lesson, always have this in mind. How will I know that the students have learned and how can I prove it? How will I know that the students have learned and how will I prove it? If you can answer those two questions, that should eliminate that problem completely. So have that in mind when you're planning your lesson. Always think, how can I prove it to the, to the observer? As an experienced teacher, for example, I know that if I give an explanation, I can tell just by looking at the kids whether they've understood it or not. Okay, so if, I've, if I know they've understood it, I will happily move on to the next activity. But if I'm being observed, I will not rely on my gut teacher instinct. I will find some way 
of proving to the observer that yes, they've understood what I've said. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you found it helpful. For more advice and guidance, check out my books on Amazon, The Unofficial Teacher's Manual, What They Don't Teach You in Training, and Teaching for Realists, Making the Education System Work for You and Your Students.